and it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it, and it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. King of endless world, no one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours, every single breath. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart i'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you all about you jesus i'm sorry lord for the thing i've made it when it's all about you it's all about you jesus i'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you it's all about you jesus i'm sorry lord for the thing i've made it when it's all about you it's all about you jesus it's all about you jesus it's all about you it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. Good morning. Oh, what a song to start with. Oh, I hope that that's in everybody's heart this morning. Amen. Jesus, it's all about you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I love you today. I thank you so much for the opportunity to gather here this morning. Lord, I thank you for everyone that has the desire to be in your house this morning. Lord, that we lift you up, we praise, give you all the honor and the praise and the glory. Thanking you for Jesus. Because it's all about him as mediator between us and you. Lord, it's all about Jesus. 
Lord, I pray that you'd be with us as we go through this service. Lord, continue to bless in the music as it touches our hearts. It prepares us for worship. And Lord, open our hearts and our minds to this brother Darrell comes to deliver the word that you give to him. And Lord, I pray that you'd make that easy on him to share that word that you've given to him because I know that he's prayed it through. Lord, that he would deliver that. And Lord, that we would keep our hearts and our minds open. Lord, that it would touch us, that it would draw us closer to you. Lord, that through all of it, that you would help us to be the witnesses that you've called us to be. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I love to hear James pray.
Right, if you have your Bible, let's go to Hebrews chapter 9 again. We've been there for a few weeks on Sundays, Hebrews 9, uh, 15 through 22. And I agree with you, the section we're in is talking about blood and sacrifice, and uh, it's not fun. It's not an exciting thing to preach through. It's not a fun, some things are more fun to preach than, than other things are, but it's very important. And this morning, there's some thoughts that I want to leave you toward the end of the, uh, toward the second half especially, that I think are very important. Uh, I say it sometimes, I can shoot, when I'm preaching, I can shoot with a shotgun or with a rifle, and most of you know what that means. This morning's with a rifle, meaning that I, I believe a lot of you will agree, you know, you agree with the scriptures, you understand it, but some of you, I think a few of us, it's really going to, the Holy Spirit's going to pierce our heart and really make a change in our life. So Hebrews 9, 15 through 22, talking about the sacrifice, blood. Uh, last week we concentrated on 15. I'm just going to read 15 again and then move on. Uh, I think last week all, all day was on 15. And for this reason, the Hebrew writer, that pastor writes... Uh, chapter 9, 15, and for this reason, he, Jesus, is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death. For the redemption, that's the payback of the transgressions, that's our sin. So by means of death, he pays for our sin under the first, first covenant under the law that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. So let's read on. For where there is a testament... There must also of necessity be the death of the testator. And we're going to explain that here in a little bit. For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people saying this is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you then likewise he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of vessels of the ministry <clears throat> and according to the law almost all things are purified with blood and without the shedding of blood there is no remission there's an outline of this on the back side of your announcements. In the first half of it, the, there'll be about, say, one, two, three, four screens. And about the first half, I'm just going to go over what we read, explain it a little bit. The second half on your outline, get into uh, application. This is this uh, scripture, 
this word applies to me, okay? So a little bit of background on what we just read, especially that first part, testament and te testator. Testament and testator is the same as our last will and testament. We hardly, I, I don't ever remember anybody saying tes testator, okay? But it's the person who made out the will. And so the, the necessity of the testator and the testament, the necessity of death, is very, exactly the same thing as when you make out a will and that will does not go into effect while you're alive. That will only goes into effect after your, after your death. Just as simple as that. So not, not hard to get. Uh, the part as, as we read on down, Moses taking the blood and sprinkling it, the next screen, that's, that's Old Testament law. After he, after he read the law, he took the blood with hyssop and sprinkled the people, the tabernacle, everything covered with blood. Before that, going backward in time, so that's the Old Testament law. Before that, the Passover, and you recall that where... Uh, they are uh, slaves in Egypt, and on that night when the firstborn of every household will die, unless uh, the angel, as he comes by, sees the blood on the, the, on the, the doorposts and, and the lintel. So the shedding of blood, the lamb that was, that was sacrificed that night. Now, the Old Testament law hadn't been enacted yet, but this is the shedding of blood the killing of an, of an animal for redemption for Passover. And then before that, before that, God used an animal to cover Adam and Eve's sin. So it's that shedding of blood. Let's move on. And I, I want to make sure you understand this. Death, therefore, is the consequence of sin. We covered that a lot last week. Death is the consequence of sin. And death is the payment for sin. Death is the consequence of sin. And death is the payment for sin. Why did Jesus have to die? Because the consequence of sin is death. Our, the consequence of our sin is death. And so death is the payment for sin. Now, moving on to the next one. There's no, you know, we have the song. And I, I don't, boy, listen to me here. <laughs> I don't want to confuse you here. When we say there's power in the blood, okay, you know, we sing that song. When we say there's power in the blood. But blood is blood in itself, this is where I really need you to not misunderstand me and not misunderstand the, the word. Blood in, in and of itself is not the issue. There's no power in the blood until that blood leads to death. An animal couldn't just be injured for the blood. You understand that? When we talk about power in the blood, the blood on the doorpost at Passover time, Moses dipping the hyssop in the blood and sprinkling the people, it's more than just draining blood, a little bit of blood from an animal and then closing the wound back up. That's not going to work. So, there's, yes, there's power in the blood, that leads to death. This isn't fun to talk about. It's not fun to preach about. It's hard to make jokes about this. So there's, there's power in the blood that leads to death. So the animal had to die. Blood that leads to death is the payment for sin. So Jesus cannot be just tortured. 
Jesus cannot just be nailed to a cross and live through it. He's got to die. Because the consequence of sin is death. The payment for sin is death, not just blood. So when we read through Hebrews or you read through the Old Testament, whenever you're studying in scriptures this, this issue of the importance of blood, I want you to understand blood is not a, is not a magic cure. It's blood that leads to death, okay? I, I think you understand that. I want to say that right. I don't want to be misunderstood there that it's blood that leads to death. That's why, that's where the power is in the blood because of the death, okay? Um, all right, now that's kind of a background. That's kind of explaining the scripture a little bit more. Let's get into the heart of it. And the title of the message today is, is Good is Not the Issue, okay? Um, so we must never forget good is not the issue. Bad is the issue. We'll slow down a little bit right here. I thought this is nothing, this is not a new thought to me. But I thought more deeply about it, much more deeply about it this week than I ever have. We must never forget, good is not the issue. Bad is the issue. But, and I, I want you to get this as we go along, as we talk about it, think about it a little bit more. I've had a lot of time to think about this, and you, and you haven't. But I want you to think about the, how, how this uh, issue of good and bad has infiltrated our culture and infiltrated our churches to where good becomes the issue. What, what we've talked about over and over, especially in Hebrews 9, is the cure for the bad, not the good. It's the cure for the bad. So he's concentrating on the bad. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was what? Lost. And Jesus told us very plainly, I haven't come to, uh, to uh, save those who are healthy. I haven't, I, don't, I haven't come in search of those who are found. I haven't come in to save those who are already safe. I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. I've come to heal the sick, not the healthy. The issue with Jesus is the bad, not the good, and I'm going to talk about that some more, and I just, I want you to think about that. We have forgotten, I think, at times, at times, that good's not the issue, but bad is the issue. Bad's what needs to be healed. Bad is what Jesus came for. I, I try to be respectful of everybody, uh, and I want to be respectful of everybody, and if you don't agree with us it's not that, I, I don't ever want to be the kind of person that stands up here and says, I'm right and you're wrong. You know, I'm smart and you're dumb. You know, I'm just not that, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to come across that, that way. But if, for instance, if you are another religion of almost, I'm, in, in fact, I can't think of another religion like Christianity. If you're a Hindu if you're a Muslim, if you're a Jew, if you're an atheist, if you're anything else, and I've, I've spoken at length with all of those, if you're a Hindu, a Muslim, a Jew, an atheist, anything. You know, uh, I think Jason and I were talking the other day about this. Uh, the fastest growing 
group in the United States if you mark what religion are you? What's, what do you think is the, and I, what do you think is the fastest growing group in America on the checklist of what religion are you? Is what? None. The fastest growing group is none. Don't believe in anything. Okay? But if you're a, a Hindu, Muslim, Jew, atheist, even, the concentration is on trying to be good. Now, over and over, I'm going to have to come back and say this. I'm not against you being good, okay? Do not leave the Lord's house today thinking our pastor wants us to be bad, okay? Okay, I, that's never going to be the case. I want you to bet we've gotten the cart before the horse, and that's messed us up. If you get a cart before the horse, you know, you know we, we, we use that phrase, but can you picture that in your mind? If you get the cart before the horse, it's not going to work. And we've gotten a lot of times, a lot of places, a lot of folks have gotten the issue mixed up. And so they're trying to be good. They're trying to be good. They want to be good people. They want to, they, they want to, uh, they want to, they want to contribute. They want to, you know, be good to each other, be kind to each other. I'm all for that. But that's not the issue. And if you concentrate on that, because that's all you've got, then the question comes back to, but what about the bad? So the question is, but what about your sin? What about, I, I know you're trying to do good, and I, and I get that, and I'm all for that. There's nobody in the room more for that than, than I am. I know you're trying to be good, but that's not the issue. I know you're trying to be good, but that's not good enough. It's not good enough. And see, if, and when that becomes the issue, just trying to be good, doing, doing good things, but what about your sin? Here's the thing. The Hindu, the Muslim, the Jew, the atheist, what about your sin? What's your plan? What, what's going to take care of it? Well, a Jew told me, we just don't talk about it. So I'm going to die and stand before the judgment seat of Christ and, and say, what what do you do about yourself? Well, I just didn't talk about it. Where is that good enough? You see? Where is that good enough? Where is ignoring the bad going to make the bad just go, go away? And, and, and somewhere we've gotten, I, I deal with this all the time, the people who think that, that God just somehow ignores our sin, that, that God just overlooks our sin, that God is, like I said a few weeks ago, God is some kind of divine grandpa that just kind of lets us do whatever we want to and, and pays for it. Whenever my grandchildren come up to me, hey, grandpa, I know what they want. Grand, grandpa will pay for it, grand, but that's, and so we kind of assume God's kind of like that. But you know he's not. And the payment, the penalty, the consequence for our sin is death. It's not shrugging the shoulder. Here it is. The Hindu, the Muslim, the Jew, I respect them. I love them. The atheists, I, I respect them. I love them. Have absolutely no plan. Have absolutely no answer for sin. 
And so if you have no answer for sin, if you have no plan, if you have no payment, if there's it's just nothing there, all you have left is to try to be as good as you can be. And so the issue, the real issue is our badness. And if, and if you don't have a plan for that, if you don't have a savior for that, if, if, if you don't have some way to stand before God and be covered by that and, and be, be covered by that, be forgiven of that, be cleansed of that, if you don't have a plan for that, then the only thing to fall back on, well, let's just try to be as good as we can. I'm all for that. After we've taken care of the bad. After we've taken care of the bad. Then, let's try to be as good as we can be. The Lord helping us. Jesus helping us. After we've taken care of the bad. The sin. But if you don't have any plan, if you don't have a Savior, what are you going to do? Well, let's just, let's just try to be... Lord, have mercy. I am not going to leave this earth with my only plan is, boy, I hope I was good enough. I hope I was good enough. How can anybody go into eternity with that being your, your uh, plan, with that being your goal? In Jesus' name, there's more certainty than that. In Jesus' name, there is more certainty available to us than I just hope I was good enough. Because all that you're good enough does not, the problem with that is, has nothing to do, nothing to do with your bad and with your sin. Let me put it to you this way. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, they were told there's one tree they can't eat from, and that's where sin came from. But I want you to notice that in that story, that's all that really God dealt with is the sin of them partaking of that one tree. The Bible, the story, has nothing to do with how good Adam and Eve did with all the rest of the trees. You ever think about that? God never said, boy, y'all are doing really good at taking care of the rest of those trees, you're eating a lot of really good fruit. I mean, your digestive system is really doing well because of all the good fruit that you're eating. Those trees look really good. And because you've done such a good job of taking care of the rest of the trees, and when Adam, Adam named everyone and everything, he did such a good job of giving the names and taking care of the animal. You're doing so well. I'm just going to overlook taking fruit from that one tree, and you know that's not true. That isn't how the story goes. He never comments on the good because the good isn't the issue. The, the issue is the bad. Let's go on to the next screen. And on a, in an unex, this, is, this is where I thought about this more deeply. I've never really looked at it quite as much as I have this past week. In an unexpected twist... Satan wants good to be the issue. You ever thought about that? I haven't. I have not a whole lot. In an unexpected twist, Satan wants good to be the issue. So we have this instance where it could very well be that the devil's trying to get you to do good. Why would he do that? So you'll forget about the bad. Because that's really the heart of all of every problem that we've got is our sin, is our bad. In a very superficial way, he wants you to do good in order to not think about the, 
bad. But I want you, this morning, I want you to think about the bad. I want you to leave. I don't want anybody to leave here without thinking about the bad. What's that mean? Your sin. I, I know very well we've got a lot of uh, uh, good folks here. And what I mean by that is we've got a lot of folks who do a lot of really good things. But it's not the number of trees you've taken care of and did well with. It's that one bad thing. I want you, I'm praying, asking, seeking the Holy Spirit right now to deal with you individually, particularly, specifically about your sin and taking care of that right now. And I want you to not worry so much and not think so much and not concentrate so much on the good things you've done, the good things that you need to do, the good things you're going to do, the good things you've got planned. That's all fine. That's all good. I want you to do that. But that one bad thing or that those two bad things or that thing that you're thinking, that place that you're going, that thing that you're doing, that whether it's the attitude you've got, the words that you're saying, you know, what I'm trying, I'm just going on and on, I can't name it all. It's probably going to be that hidden thing, that thing no one sees. That's why we don't want to ever do anything. <laughs> that thing no one sees, that thing no one knows, that thing that you've kept hidden, and it seems like it's okay because, of, because you're still doing a lot of good things. I had a pastor friend who eventually had to leave leave the ministry he was in because of sin and he dealt with that sin for a long time no one knew it and he told me one time he said uh, he said I really I, I don't know why I can't keep doing it because God seems to be blessing me he could still preach, he could still, but he knew that this thing in his life was wrong, but he could still continue to do the good things. <clears throat> I want you to catch that. You know, pastor, how can it be wrong because I'm still able to do so many good things? Well, God's a very patient God. God's a very long-suffering God, but his patience will run out. And my pastor friend found that out, that eventually this thing that he thought, you know, it couldn't be that bad because he was still able to preach and do that, but it caught up with him, and he's no longer a pastor now. Because God's a patient God, he's a long-suffering long God, but he's not going to put up with it forever. The issue is not the good. The issue is the bad. The issue is your sin. And my, the issue is your sin and my sin. Now, don't start with me about, well, it's not that bad and my sin's not that big. Remember, we don't, we don't put categories 
on sin. I realize no matter how many times I say that, you're still going to do it, but God doesn't do, do that. He doesn't put bad, you know, small sin, big sin. He doesn't do that. The issue is your sin. And I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you, and I believe the Holy Spirit's dealing with you right now. I want you to take care of it right now. I'm going to ask you to ask Jesus to forgive you. And I'm asking you to ask Jesus to help you repent of this sin. What's that mean? Turn and go the other way. So whatever it is that you're thinking, whatever it is that you're saying, wherever it is that you're going, whatever the attitude is, and on and on the list could go, whatever the sin might be, whatever, whatever category that sin may fall into, that means that this morning, right now, we're going to ask Jesus to forgive us, and then we're going to ask Jesus to help us repent, and then we're going to change. We're going to stop it. We're going to change it. Next screen. I know I'm getting behind. Only Christians teach that God is reaching down to man. Everyone else tends toward man reaching up to God. No. Christians teach God reaching down to man. I can't do it, so he reaches down to me. Let me show you an, an, an example. This is not on sin, but it's a scripture out of uh, John chapter 20. The meeting, the famous meeting after the resurrection of Jesus with Thomas. Jesus says to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it in my side. Here it is. Stop doubting and believe. Now, I want you to look at that. This is, this, this is not on sin, but this is, an, this is an example of what we do. How do you begin to believe? Stop doubting. Do that first. Then believe. Stop your doubting, then believe. How do I really get into that place where I'm doing good things? Jesus is helping me do good things. Jesus is uh, it's no longer me, but it's Jesus working through me. Get rid of the bad first. Get rid of the bad first. Then concentrate on the good. See, everything else is backwards. People concentrating on the good to try to cover the bad, but it never works. It's not working. I'm going to ask you again. I'll tell you what. Grady, I'm going to call an, call an audible here, and let's just let's not, have the, not have the song, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you to stand. Rare occasion. I'm not going to have an altar call. I'm going to do it with you in your seats. This is one of those that, uh, well, this is our altar call, okay? This is our altar call in our seats. This is our altar call in our seats. For some of us, there's hidden sin. No one knows it. No one knows it except Jesus is looking at it right now. Except that the Holy Spirit is looking at it right now. 
You know it. He knows it. And you're the only ones. It's a hidden thought. It's a hidden deed. It's, it's just hidden, whatever it is. doesn't matter what it is. You know it. The Holy Spirit sees it right now. This thing will keep you from being all that you can be. This thing will, will hinder you. In Hebrews 12, 1, it's going to say it will beset you. It's stopping you. And you're thinking it's okay, but right now you've changed your mind. It's not okay. Because the Holy Spirit is telling you this is not okay. God is not pleased with this. Maybe other people can get by with this, but not you. This is not what God wants for you. It's hidden, and you know it, and the Holy Spirit know, knows it. And what I'm going to ask you to do right now is to take care of that sin and be done with it. Done with it. You're not going back to it. It's going to stop. You're, gonna, you're going to, 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 re, to repent. This is going to be a changing point in your life. And me and you are going to do that together right now. I'm going to pray because I need to pray about my sin just like everyone else in this room. It's not an exclusive club. It's all of us. Just some of us right now are especially having to deal with it. But all of us will at some point. <clears throat> so I'm asking you in your heart to pray with me as I pray. And if this is you, I'm going to ask you to pray from your heart and be done with sin. Lord Jesus, we come to you. We all have sinned. All of us. All have sinned and come short of your glory. All of us. Lord, I have sinned. I've struggled with sin. I've fought with sin. I've tried to get over sin. I've tried to, I've tried and I've tried and I can't do it on my own. Some sins I can, but some sins I can't. And this one that I'm struggling with, this one that I'm dealing with, this thought, this attitude, this action, this word, this deed, I'm struggling with it and I can't seem to get over it. Others have been so easy to get over. This one's not. Lord Jesus, I'm telling you that I'm struggling and you already know that. Lord Jesus, I'm asking you, according to the blood that you shed that led to death, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. I can't forgive my I can't seem to forgive myself. So I'm going to start by asking you to forgive me. Father, forgive me in Jesus name of my sin. And now I'm asking you by the power of your Holy Spirit to help me repent of that. And they're not quite the same thing. But now I want to repent of that sin, meaning I want to, I've already trying to change my mind, but I can't seem to do it on my own. Lord, I, I need your help. I need your strength. Help me repent of that sin. Lord, I want to change. I want to leave it. I want to change it. I don't want to go back to it. I want to be done with it right now. 
When I leave this house this morning, I don't want to go back to it. I don't want to think about that again. I don't want to go there again. I don't want to do that again. And I can't do it on my own. So, Jesus, I'm asking you to help me. So I'm asking you, Jesus, to help me repent of my sin. Help me to change, to leave it. And I know it's not going to be easy. That's why I'm praying. If it was easy, Lord, I wouldn't need to pray. But I can't do it on my own, and I've tried, and I know I can't. So I need you to help me. This has to be you working through me. And that's what I need. Lord Jesus, right now, I need you working through me. The issue is not my good deeds. The issue is my bad deeds. The issue is not the times I didn't sin. The issue is the times that I have sinned, and I am. I'm still doing it. Father, forgive me. Father, help me to repent. Help me to leave this place new. Help me to leave this place clean. Help me to leave this place cleared by the precious blood of Jesus that paid for my sin. And it's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Amen. God, God bless you all.